Thank you for joining me tonight as I talk about the great wedding feast of our Savior. The Lord gathers the broken ones. He gathers those who need wholeness, who need healing, who need deliverance, who need to be transformed from the inside out. Tonight we'll be studying Luke chapter 14. And we'll talk about that invitation that God is extending to each one of us. This parable forces us to take a look at our lives. It forces us to take a look at what it is we're living for. Are we setting our eyes on things that are natural and tangible? Cares of this life or are we focusing on things eternal and of the kingdom of heaven? There are so many who are lost because they recognize their immediate needs here on this earth which are temporal, but they don't recognize their need for a savior. They don't recognize their need for heaven, for paradise with him, with Jesus forever and ever. I want to spare you from the torments of hell and I want to see you with him, with me, as we enter into the gates of heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I ask, Lord, that each one who hears your call takes heed to your voice and listens, Lord, as your spirit is speaking, even now. Transform hearts tonight, Lord. Draw those who don't know you unto yourself as we prepare our hearts, Lord God, to enter your wedding feast, to enter your great feast one day when we cross over into eternity, and I'm sure it'll be sooner than we think. Lord, we'll be face-to-face -face with you. So do your work tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So this parable speaks of the great wedding banquet. It speaks of the time when those who accept his great and free gift of salvation will be seated with him to be with him for all eternity. Let's turn to Luke 14, verses 16 to 24. And he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they, one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it, and I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have, brought, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded. And still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who are invited shall taste my supper. You see, the Lord is merciful. There is more room in heaven. He wants to fill heaven with those whom he calls. But those who reject him for the things of this world, the natural things, the tangible things, those things that are soon passing away, he rejects them. He rejects those people. Those who think they're righteous, those who don't see their need for God because we're all desperate for him and we need to recognize that. So all the people who were invited at first had excuses and those excuses had to do with the cares of this life. Every excuse had to do with something that person felt was more important than the feast. For one, it was 
a plot of land. For another, it was oxen. For another, it was a wife. We all have our priorities and we've all been blessed with different things, different possessions, different loved ones, things that are near and dear to us. But when you put them before God, they become idols. They become stumbling blocks that cause us to sin. And God won't set, settle for second best. He will not settle for second best. He wants us to put him first. He wants 100% of us, not 99.9% .9 of us. He wants 100% of us. He wants us to invite him into every area and aspect of our lives. What happens next in the story doesn't make much sense until you understand and know the character and nature of God. What happens is the master becomes angry and sends his servant back out into the streets, into the highways and byways, the highways and hedges. He tells his servant to bring back the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Let's understand what this means. Let's ponder this. Those who have other more important things to do reject the invitation, and then these poor, maimed, lame, and blind show up at the feast. So why do you think they accepted the invitation? They had a need. It was food. But we have a greater need. As the Holy Spirit calls to us, as God calls to us and says, Come, sup with me. Sit at the table with my son who has prepared a place for you in heaven. As God calls to us, we are to receive and accept that invitation because we have a spiritual need. We have a need for a savior. We have a need for salvation. We have a need to be forgiven. In the story, they had a need that they know needed to be met. But spiritually, we all have a need for God. And not only do we have a need, we have a desperation. We're all broken in one way or another. And those who recognize their needs seek one who can meet it. And that one is Jesus, that one who can satisfy, who can cleanse, who can purify, who can make you brand new, is Jesus Christ. Those who know nothing but darkness are drawn to the light when it appears, when Jesus shines his light into darkness. Those who have been seeking wholeness, healing, and restoration run for him. Run, they run for him. When I first felt that touch from his presence, for the first time, for the very first time, I said, I need to know what this is. There was a knowing that said, this is God, but I needed to know more. I needed to know who is this God? What is he about? I feel his love. I feel his peace. I feel him drawing me. So I went after him to find out more. And God has revealed himself to me in so many different ways that I know he's good, that I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is real, that he rose from the, from the dead, that he rose from the grave, that he died on that cross for me, that he can cleanse me of my sins, that he has cleansed me of my sins, that I am no longer condemned, but I'm saved, I'm restored, and I'm set on a path to do his work. And each one of you has a call, each one of you has giftings that you are to apply, that you are to live out in your life. And I pray that you would live them out. I pray that you would seek God and find out what your call is and what you're to do while you're still here on this planet. 
So just as those who've lived a life of sin know the goodness of God and are drawn to his presence when they encounter it, those who have a physical need like these people in the story were drawn because the supper was being thrown. They had no way to go out and provide for themselves. So the master provided for them. The master is providing for us. The master has already provided all that we need through the cross of Jesus Christ. He has paved the way for us to be forgiven. He has paved the way for us to be healed. He has paved the way the way for us to be healed, restored, and forgiven. To be delivered from all darkness. The master also told his servant that those who come to his house will be filled. To compel someone is to convince them. So how do we do that? We start by preaching the truth of the gospel in love. Then we share what Jesus has done for us. We put it in our own words. We share our story briefly so a person can understand how Jesus has touched us and impacted our lives. And lastly, we offer them the invitation, whether they reject it or accept it is up to them. But we offer them the invitation to come to the great feast, to be saved. Because we've been compelled We've been compelled to speak the gospel, to preach the gospel. We've been commanded to compel those who haven't yet become a part of God's kingdom. Jesus gathers the broken. He gathers the broken and he casts out those who think they're just fine without him. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to deliver you tonight. And he wants you to know his love that you would be filled with his presence, that you would be filled and empowered by his power, by his grace, with his favor, his tremendous favor and grace is to rest upon you if you would only receive him. Sometimes we need to be broken before we can be made whole and, and formed into a useful vessel for his glory. Have you accepted his invitation? Have you accepted the invitation to the master's feast? If you haven't, say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your Son. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins. I believe that He rose from the grave. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, and purify me. I believe that you are Lord Jesus. Lord, help me, empower me, and give me all that I need to follow you for all of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I'm going to pray for those who are sick, who need to be delivered from demonic forces, who feel they're under oppression, who feel they just can't get free. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that you touch each one right now by your presence, by your power, by your spirit, by the power of your blood. Lord, touch each one right now, Lord, from the top of their head to the tips of their toes, Lord. Heal restore, deliver. I rebuke every devil, every demonic force that is holding on in Jesus' name. I command you to go right now. Spirit of divination, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of Python, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of Jezebel, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of control, manipulation, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of fear, go. Break off in Jesus' mighty name. By the power of the blood, you've been restored. By the power of the name of Jesus, you've been delivered. Receive right now. Receive what the Lord is releasing to you. As your body 
begins to be healed, as you feel the flow of the Holy Spirit just move through you right now. Everything that you're praying for is happening, I believe, in this moment for you. As you put your faith in the Son of God, as you put your faith in Jesus, and you follow Him. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. God bless you. Keep your eyes to the skies and your hands to the plow.